well, good evening, Dan. J-Man, what's happening? What's going on? You may have noticed that I have a guitar in my hands. I know, it's a little disconcerting. Very rare for Fresh Talk, but throughout the history of Fresh Talk, occasionally an axe comes out. A little more prevalent back in the old studio, which was a real recording studio. It was an actual studio, studio yeah. Because there would be a guitar there. Here's the thing. I brought the guitar because I am playing a song for you later in this episode Ooh. in regards to our subject tonight, which is you. Oh, shit. And we'll get to that right away. But as I was coming over here on the guitar was in the passenger seat, and I, a little jingle came into my head. And usually you know, I share little bad jingles with you while I'm on the long drive. All the time. Home. All the time. But I had a guitar. So I sat there like with my right hand and tried to like... You know, press down on the string. <laughs> Where is this going? To figure it out. So um, this is the jingle, complete with music. Now, I've never played it with music, so this could get real, real, real bad. But quickie jingle for you, Dan, first. And again, this isn't the song that I've come to present to you. Okay. This is just a little jingle that is an offshoot of traveling with the instrument. Okay. Here we go. J-Man's got a big cock, bought it at the mall. J-Man's got a big cock, says he'll show us all. J-Man's got a big cock, says he needs to charge. J-Man's got a big cock, it's worth it if it's large. It's worth it if it's large. It's worth it. If it's large. (laughs) That's it. That's fucking hilarious. And I thought you were going to make a joke about you always needing to charge your phone, but... You know. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> stay with stay with the dick joke. Stick with it, you know. Maybe there's a better line there. Uh, <laughs> he'll show you for a phone charge. Yeah. Er, blah, blah, blah. That's a charge point. The funny part I thought was bought it at the mall. Yeah, totally. As opposed to you know, just like that actually immediately made me think of Big Mouth. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you've watched that yet. No, I don't know Big Mouth. Oh, I know God. of it. I know of it. Fuck, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Well, I won't spoil the yep. joke because it's very funny. Just watch it. There you go. So there's there's my little uh, fun ditty for you. Well, Dan, we are here at Fresh Talk, and this is a special episode. We're not going to hop into our usual, what have you been doing, what's going on, how bad is Westworld, all that shit that we normally talk Good, about. Good, because I haven't finished it yet. Good, me neither. I am struggling. Oh I only have God. one more to go. I'm having so many issues watching that and getting it done. But, Dan, we are here because there is a joyous occasion on the horizon, fast approaching, and that is your birthday. Yay. That's right. Official birthday, um, we are recording this on a Thursday, correct me if I'm wrong, Yep. is Saturday. That's like literally the day of your birth. No. Oh, shit. Is it, <laughs> is it tomorrow? No. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Is it 14th? No. Motherfucker. You're getting closer. Are you serious? Is it... See, you and Aaron always would fuck me because there's like a flip number in your birthdays. And every year I have to text you and say, today's Aaron's birthday. Uh, I've like You did this year but, as you do every year. But your birthday is July and it Correct. is July what? 16th. Oh, son of a bitch. But Aaron's... <laughs> is the 17th. 6, 17. June and 17th. you're 7... 16. 16th. God Damn it. Okay, so the birthday party that you're throwing this weekend is actually a pre. It is because Jacqueline's birthday was a week ago. Uh-huh. So we're about two weeks apart, so we decided to combine our birthday parties okay. at the weekend in between them. Cool, 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 cool. Well, this is the Celebration Extravaganza Dan Clark Fuck birthday yeah. episode because, Dan, we're not getting into numbers unless you want to, but let's suffice it to say it's, I'm old. it's a big birthday. I'm old, Are you bitch. going there? Are you telling people? Yeah, yeah, I'm turning 40. Oh, my God. Holy shit, Dan. 40 years old. Uh, I too soon have that, but I'm going to lie about it. So, <laughs> so always my have. birthday extravaganza, we will subtract three, add one, and minus four. You're going to be 25 for the 25th time. 25 years old. So, Dan, 40 years old, man. Yeah. 
You've made it. That's a long time. I mean, I got two weeks, but yes. But I mean, like on planet Earth, to, to you, especially the older you get, I, at least I feel, it becomes more apparent how fucking crazy it is that anybody can live any amount of time, period. Yes. So much has to go right on a daily basis. Yes. To achieve this. Yes. The good news is 40 is no longer over the hill. Correct. They have switched it to 50. Sweet. I got 10 years. No, it's true. It's true. The, the 40s. Remember, 40 used to be scary. Well, my man. dad had an over the hill party when he was 40. Yeah, my dad, too. It was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, shit. Your parents, my parents got a sitter. Like, they were gone the whole night. The whole thing. People don't feel that way anymore. They really yeah. don't. I mean, times have changed. You can be, you can look good, feel good, and be really healthy and in 40 years old. Probably not 50, but goddamn it, 40, you could still be cool. Yeah. So I'm not as scared of it as I used to be. But when I was a kid, I was like, I'll never see that. Fuck that. I'm out. I'm fucking Kurt Cobain. Nah, fuck that. I want to know it's here. Like, yeah, I want to live forever. Yeah. You don't really have a choice. <laughs> well, I guess it's better than the alternative. So absolutely. But you are almost there. You've almost made a huge birthday. And congratulations to you, you on such a big day. Big, big achievement. Big accomplishment. So what we're doing tonight, Dan, is I'm taking over the show. Don't you always take over the show? Nah, I was waiting. Uh, <laughs> did you see me pause so you could say that? <laughs> I'm taking over the show to do a one-on-one, in-depth interview with you, the Spoon Man, Dan Clark. We're gonna. This is your life, Dan. This Clark. is really appropriate for all the people watching in the UK because it's way past their bedtime, and this will lull them to sleep. Okay, uh, my uh, life is very boring. A lull, a lull. I don't think so, and I think we're gonna get in that. We're gonna scratch the surface of that and maybe tickle the insides, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so you have seen Big Bath. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, Dan. Um, let's just start from the beginning. You were born what day, what year? Well, we already established July 16th. Yes. 1978. 1978. Child of the 70s. Child of the 70s, but very weird to be a late 70s child because the 70s, you were there, but they mean nothing. They mean nothing. You were a child of the 80s, but you happen to be born at the end of the day. For decade. all intents and purposes, yeah. I mean, I, I really consider myself a child of the 90s, to be honest, uh-huh. because that's when all my formative years were. Yeah, I mean, I was 12 by the time the 90s came around, but like all of your life up until that point is like, and then this happened. Do you like the fact that you were born in the 70s? I do. Yeah, it's kind of cool, isn't yeah. it? Because it's like, yeah, man, I was Sounds around in the 70s. fucking time Sounds ago. like a long time ago, but, you know, it's crazy. And the 70s are such a distinct cultural decade, at least from a visual standpoint. Oh, yeah. It's weird to think as you as a baby with your parents running around with bell bottoms and sideburns and all that stuff. But So you're born in the late 70s, Dan. Correct. Where were you born? What city? I was born in Ventura. Holy shit. You have lived your entire life in the city of Ventura? Uh, except for the one year that I lived in Port Wainimi, yes. Okay, but Port Wainimi is... It's the two towns over. Two yeah. towns over. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Did you ever think you'd live your whole life in Ventura? No, I actually thought I wouldn't live my whole life in Ventura. Uh-huh. Uh, it just sort of worked out that way. I you know, figured I'd go away to college, which I had plans to do. And mm. Who knows You know where you people migrate after college? They end up... You know, my brother ended up in Maryland. So, mm. you know, you just never know. You never know. But your whole life in Ventura. For, I did. 40 years in the city of Ventura. So you were born in a Ventura hospital. It wasn't even like you were born somewhere else. So. I think I was born in Ojai in the hospital. Ojai? Something like that. I don't know. Really? I, I have a vague memory of my mom saying that. But I don't know for sure. I mean, I was there, but I don't remember. Obviously. You've never seen a birth certificate confirming like what hospital you were born in? Uh, it's been a long time ago. That's weird that don't, you don't, don't know what hospital you were born in. I'm pretty sure it was Ojai, if I remember correctly. Interesting. What, were your folks living to. up there? Or? No, they live in Ventura. Just the, I think the OBGYN my mom went to was in Ojai, that oh. kind of thing. Well, fascinating. Cool. So there you are. Um, Dan, what's your first memory? I know that's a bit of a loaded question because some people sort of remember almost arbitrary like moment kind of stuff. But what yeah. do you, if you go back, is there what's something that you know occurred and you can kind of remember it. First thing I remember is preschool. 
Um, I went to uh, the preschool that's at the local temple in Ventura. Uh, It's called Children's World. It's not a religious preschool. It's just a preschool. My mom also happened to work there. And I remember it was raining and I had yellow galoshes on and that's kind of it. Okay. Raining yellow galoshes and I was a preschool. fucking kid. Yep. A lot of early memories of preschool for a lot of people. That tends to be like one of the first things, like a, a activity that actually they remember. Did. Yeah, yeah, something like that, you know, or something extreme. You know, you got sick or you got embarrassed or scared. Um, you know, uh, talk, talk to us a little bit about what you were as a young child. Not, not so much a teenager. When you were a little kid, what were you into? Do, do you remember or did your parents tell you what your first interest was? You know how young toddlers have that thing they get addicted to? Owen's son was trains. Mm. He got into trains, you know. Did you have anything that you remember as a young kid or your parents told you that, that hey, Dan was into this. Gravitated towards that. Nothing that, that really stands out until mm-hmm. my parents got our first computer. That's what I remember. Okay. I don't know if there was anything before that mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, I'm really into this. I mean, I liked playing Sorry a lot. Uh-huh. You know, stupid board game shit. But. So what was that first computer? How old or young were you? I was probably about eight. It was an IBM Ooh, PC wow. Junior. The beginning. It was, yeah. I mean, it was an IBM. It, was yeah. a, it, was not, it wasn't a PC clone, but there mm-hmm. were lots of them at the time. The parents right. brought home a computer. You remember that? Yeah. And you remember oh, being I remember being at the store with them when they bought it. And uh-huh. It's basically where Mervin... I almost called it where Mervin's is now. Where... You know that part of town. Yes. Gotcha. Over there. There was a computer store over uh-huh. there. Which is strange because you're saying one of the first interests that you really remember being interested in essentially went on to, in many ways, be your profession. Yeah. Like your life is very much defined by the computer, if you will. And what's interesting about that is... The beginnings of the computer. I mean, obviously, you're not talking about being, you know, uh, you know, Steve Jobs or something like that, right? Or you Steve know, Jobs. Yeah, or Steve Jobs. Jobs. Sorry, <laughs> um, you didn't invent it, if you will. No. But you were the uh, little kid when the first on the on the shelves computers started to come out. So you, yeah, and they had been around before that, uh, but this was kind of the beginning of the personal computer era. I mean, it was a few huh. years prior, but so when you're a little kid playing on that computer, something you distinctly remember. Oh like yeah, you were it. into it. Loved it. Okay, I had cool. educational games and you know typing games and would just. Spent hours on it. What kind of student were you, Dan, as a young kid? I was an all right student. Okay. You weren't uh, like a straight A-er, but you weren't a... No. I'm talking young. We're, we're elementary uh, elementary school. Elementary right school? Now. I think in elementary school, I was probably straight A's. Uh-huh. Maybe a B here and there. Okay. You know. Cool. Who was your first friend? Do you recall like the first... Was it a cousin or was it a, a lot of people's first I mean, friends or their cousin? My know? first friend was definitely Aaron. Um, there's wow. pictures of us at six months old in the same play group. Um, I and I'm being honest when I say this. I did not know. I knew you guys were friends very young because I've seen photos of you as kids. I had no idea yeah. it was as babies. Is so their parents were friends the, through the play group. I mean, mm-hmm. they met through you know because they were both Jewish, obviously, and so mm-hmm. they met at the temple. And Cal had kids the same age, and so we were all in play group. And it wasn't just Aaron and I. There were a bunch of kids that uh-huh. ended up being you know part of the Jew crew. And some of them were younger, but yeah, I mean, lots of kids. That's remarkable. My age that I still know and am in contact with. So you and Aaron met as babies. Yes. So out of anybody in the band, hands down the the longest relationship. Yeah. I mean thir- that goes thirty nine and a half years. That's wild, Isn't that man. Crazy. That's crazy. That's really interesting. That's fant- uh, fantastic little piece of trivia already, Dan. So um so there you are. You're growing up. Uh, uh, you know, balls rolling. Um, you grew up as a, a, an elementary school kid, a child of the 80s and yeah. a teenager of the 90s, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Young man in the 2000s and midlife man in the 
2010 to wherever we are now. Yeah. That's basically the general. So you have distinct decades, just like myself. We kind of know roughly the, the era and type of person we were within that time sure. frame, right? So as you're getting a little older, here's one. You know, athletics, Dan. Um, you know, you are not a sports guy. I'm not. At all, really. Probably out of all my friends, the least sports-centric I just don't care. Guy. Were you... When... Was it always like that? When you were a young kid? Did you play any no, sports? No, I played, I played soccer when I was really young. Okay. Uh, and, you know, these are not choices that I made, of course. So- soccer is the intro sport. When yeah. you're this young, your parents just put you in something. Because they're like, yeah. you need something to do. So, I did soccer. I did taekwondo. I did basketball. Okay. I did... As we're getting into middle school, I did volleyball. I played club volleyball. And then in high school, I switched to water sports. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So you were athletic. It yeah. wasn't like you were a kid that was, you know, uh, just couldn't, wasn't good at sports or was, was too overweight or whatever it may be. You, you were. No, that came later. Okay. Gotcha. But you were, <laughs> you were uh, into sports, but you weren't, you weren't a guy that like was excited to go see the Dodgers no. or, or your, your heroes weren't sports guys. No. That just wasn't your world, right? No. Even I, as a young kid. Right? Even as a kid, I've always enjoyed playing sports more than watching them. Uh-huh. And I've never understood. Not that I don't understand it. I've never cared about the culture around professional sports. Mm. I just don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, it's great that they can do that and they're amazing athletes and I like that part of it. But the rest of it yeah. drives me to the wall and it pushes me away from it, to be honest. I completely understood. So you were playing sports. It's not like you yeah. had a dislike to sports, but you were always drawn to the computer. That was the thing. And Computers, video games. Now, I mean, let's get into video games because to me, from what I know of you, from Aaron talking about you guys being young, now we're getting a little older yeah. and the, the world of Nintendo. Nintendo has come into play and you especially having an older brother you were drug into that in a big way already being a computer yeah, kid but it, st- it definitely started before that because we had the computer which mm-hmm. had games on it uh, we had when I was pretty young we saved up and bought an Atari uh-huh. uh, my brother and I and I was probably seven or eight when uh-huh. we did that and that was a big deal that was a huge deal it was 50 bucks and we yeah. had to save our pennies and we did serious brother bond I remember too, coming yeah. back from piano lessons and we were going from the lesson to KB Toy store which was in the mall in ventura uh-huh. to buy the atari and we did wow and, you know trade games the neighbors and stuff that that whole thing and this was all before nintendo even happened wow okay so you were or you were playing at third grade atari second grade you know when atari happened in my family my dad was playing atari it yeah, wasn't even so much me atari came out know? in the 70s like it wasn't new to us but yeah. the the uh the home console no there was one there was one i can't remember the name of it now jesus Remember the jingle? Anyway, it was it was the Atari that came out at that time, but uh-huh. there were several before that. I mean, the first one was Pong, right? It was just yeah. the whole console was Pong. So from computer to Atari, and then as you get a little older, here comes Nintendo and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you were a big video game guy, yeah. is that fair to say? I yeah, mean, I love. Were you the type of kid that it was hard to get out of the house to play because you'd rather stay home and play video games? Sometimes, not not terribly so. Mm-hmm. But if I had free time, that's pretty much all I wanted to do because they were enthralling at the time. And you know, there, there's a joke now that games back then didn't have difficulty levels; it was just Nintendo hard. Yeah, that was it, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of true. So you're like, "Fuck, man, how am I going to get past level two on Russian Attack? Because yeah. it's impossible." Yeah, and you know, you play with your brother and your brother's friends; just this yeah. whole kind of social thing. Yeah. Nintendo became a real culture it really in, did. around the world and especially in the United States. I mean, and you and I very much were children of Nintendo. Very I mean, much. The Atari may have been there, but our real formative years moving into, uh, let's say, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, that was just the era of the whole world existed. I mean, Nintendo struck in a way that was almost like a mania. It was the first mania I think I experienced as a kid being part of like a 
a movement. You know yeah. what I mean? Like going to school with the Nintendo powers, and obviously you were mm-hmm. very much, very much part of that. Um, but which is strange because already we we've reached a theme where the things you were interested in as a kid. You are still totally interested in as an adult. Yeah. You work with computers during the day and you spend a lot of your free time playing video games. And I should also mention that I did start taking piano lessons around seven years old. So this was all happening at the same time. Forced to take piano lessons or wanted to take wanted piano to, lessons? Wanted to. Wanted to. There was um, in, in town, there was a... What made you want to take piano? There was this thing called Junior Music Academy. Okay. And it was like a children's music school, basically. But you would just go for lessons. It was like, not private lessons, mm-hmm. but group private lessons. And my parents took me for, they had like an open house. And they're like, well, you know, check it out. We oh. see what we do. And they took me. And I was like, this is awesome. I want to do this. No kidding. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I have a distinct memory of that. And I remember being there and taking lessons. And so it was guitar. You know, they had small guitars because they're for kids. Yeah. And but, you know, this what's fascinating about this already is... I, the three things that kind of define you to me, you know, how I think of Dan, what's Dan into? Not my giant cock. Yeah. <laughs> Spoonman's got a fat <laughs> cock. <laughs> Had it since he's small. Um, the thing that blows my mind is you're telling me your early, early memories talking about your early life. It's all the stuff that defined you as an adult. Still doing the same things, yeah. Yeah, which I think is awesome. But it also goes to show you, man, some of the stuff you get turned on to young. As a parent, you better be not careful, but encourage stuff because your son may find his or his daughter may find their, you know, who they are. I mean. And yeah, and you better hope you're okay with that. Yeah, yeah good call. I mean. You can't always have a say in it. You don't go to that junior music academy and want to play piano because your parents don't take you there. Your parents don't get a computer or you and your brother don't save up for that Atari. There's a world where your life is completely different. Yep, totally. You are Dan Clark, but the Dan Clark that you, I know and we all have come to love could be somebody completely different. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I also could have gotten hit by a bus, you know? Yeah. Very, very, very curious. Okay. So we're moving on, Dan. Um, you know, you're growing up, uh, you're in Ventura, California. You're, you're very lucky to live here because you got to live here at a time when it wasn't nearly as busy. Correct. What, what was, was it safer, cleaner, all that kind of fun stuff? Like, could yes. you ride your bike for hours? I mean, yeah, oh, definitely. And that's, that was my primary mode of transportation until I got a car. I used to ride my bike everywhere. I mean, uh-huh. you know where I, I think you know where I used to live. I do. Kind of near downtown and Aaron lived all the way across town. I had mm. friends, you know, Joe, uh, all the Jews lived on the East End and mm. I would ride my bike to go to their houses and like ride all across town miles and miles every day. It didn't matter. I was a kid. Safer? Would you say it was? Uh, um, I'm not sure what was safer. Just it was definitely less was populated. Just, what, less populated. I, mean, I don't know if society was, mm. was safer then or not. I don't really think it it is. I think it's safe. I think actually in the grand scheme, it's safer now. But because downtown was revitalized in okay. the in the downtown Ventura, uh, I guess in the mid nineties is when it started, eh, maybe late nineties. But late prior 90s. to then, when that was done, because when downtown, I moved here, I, I was it was old downtown. Yeah, downtown was Ventura was kind of shitty. And, yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't nice. There weren't yeah. good shops going. It was all like dingy, beat up thrift stores. Yeah, and uh, it's just weird so homeless people. Changed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's only two now. Um, no more True Bloods, and now there's good restaurants and bars and like it's different. Being downtown, it wasn't a place to go when you were when I was growing up. There was you wouldn't go there. You'd go to the East End. You'd go to the mall. You'd go to the movie theater on Johnson, which is now a giant church. Yeah. Uh, yeah, downtown wasn't a thing. And I lived walking distance. I was a mile from downtown. We used to walk down and get pancakes in the mornings on weekends. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's going on. 
uh, you are moving into the high school years. Yep. But let's talk about some of the early music that you liked. Uh, that's the third aspect that we talked about of the definition of Dan, um, DDD. Um, you know, early on, what was the first, do you remember the first CD you bought or the first tape or the first vinyl? <laughs> we have covered this in a prior episode, which I okay. will not make the audience suffer through, but the first tape I ever bought... Uh-huh. This is going to be funny because it's going to st- stick with the theme of defining me as a person. Oh, boy. It's Weird Al's Dare to be Stupid. Oh, that's awesome. First tape I ever bought. Awesome. Yeah. And you're still a Weird Al I fan. Am. I am indeed. That's I love a, Weird Al. Hey, that's a hell of a cool thing because a lot of people's first tapes, it's hard for them or CDs, whatever. It's hard for them to say, yeah. I still listen to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I, oh, I only okay. knew about it because my brother had a tape and yeah. his friend gave him one. Like, I didn't and have it in 3D, we kids, but it was a copy of a tape. I oh, mean, I was seven. Come on. I mean, I mean like, my brother yeah. and I both bought it, but I was like, yeah, I'm buying this. This is cool. Weird Al is a genius to, oh, a, to a seventh, seventh grade, eighth grader. Like, you would wait for his videos to come on. Did you watch a lot of MTV, Dan? Were you a child of like watching MTV? No, I did not have MTV until I was 16 or 17. Wow. Because uh, the way that the cable. In Ventura was set up, there were two, it's still kind of this way a little bit, depending on where you lived, your cable provider was different, uh-huh. right? So the East End was provided by Time Warner or whatever, and the West End was, at the time, it was Avenue Cable. The packages on Avenue ta- Cable, basic cable, did not have MTV. Okay. So in my end of town, you had to buy, like, some crazy package to get MTV. My parents were like, we're not doing that. We have PBS. That's why we got cable to begin with. Yeah, PBS. But on the East End, it was just part of everything. So everybody I knew had MTV and I didn't wow. have it. Wow. Didn't have it. Never what? watched Beavis and Butthead as a, as a high schooler. Oh. Because it's just, I mean, until, you know, senior year when I had MTV because we moved. But man, no, no, MTV was not a thing. What a different world where maybe the part of town you lived in, which goes back to the old, I want my MTV. The original ads on that were meant for people like you to call your cable provider and be like, I want my MTV. Yeah. Because you grew up pre-internet. You know, yeah. there was it's a, such a different world that people have to understand that when they're listening to the uh, the rise and reign of Dan Clark, that you had a foot, and we talk about this with the band all the time, but you and I have got to live through two distinctly different parts of culture, society, pre-internet, post-internet, everything was different. Like, hey, you can't see a music video because you live in a part of town that doesn't have MTV. Yep. And that's the only place you could see a music video. No hopping online. It was very, very different. You know? But, I, you know, I was jumping on the online thing early on. I would dial into bulletin board systems on my fucking modem. Wow. Like, I had a one of the books my mom got me when we had that computer was a programming book of, like, you know, codes and programs. And you would type wow. it in line by line and run this. So, like, I was doing that stuff, uh-huh. even if it wasn't internet, even though the internet sort of technically existed then. It wasn't a bit popular thing. But I was still able to. And I guess this is more into early high school at this point dial in over computers like my buddy you've met ted he had a modem so we would you know connect up to one another and transfer files back and forth because we lived across so you were the kids in high school because i remember these kids that were talking about stuff like aol and online and chat rooms and the internet and it was was pre-internet greek it was just like what are you talking about it may have even been I mean, it was like ninth grade that I was doing this. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. So it was like, I don't remember that really being like me understanding what the hell the internet was till like junior, senior year. Yeah. And it wasn't. Now there were kids that had it. Like Adam Holmes had this thing called AOL. You had AOL or you had Prodigy or you had something. It wasn't like internet as we know it now. Yeah. You know, it was even more of a walled garden. You heard of somebody that had something called an email. Yeah, and you were like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Okay, so there you are, Dan. You're, you're moving into your formative years. Now, uh, talk about uh, a teenager. What you're, you People change a bit when they become yeah, a teenager. Quite a bit. They find out a lot about themselves. But you've already admitted that all the shit you were into 
did you remain into all of that through high school? Did you remain a video game computer guy or did you go through like a little bit of a different phase? No, I definitely, definitely stayed. Those things all stayed the same. Um, Dogs are going crazy mm-hmm. out there. I don't know what's happening. Um, the only thing that really changed was that, um, so A, I grew into, out of the beginnings of puberty in, in middle school, I had, had a board mitzvah and started playing water polo and, and aquatics. So I stretched out, I grew a lot. Uh-huh. I slept and ate a lot because I was constantly burning energy. But other than that, I still played piano, even though I stopped taking lessons. Um, I still played video games and just goofed off on the computer all the time. Mm-hmm. Um my music taste wasn't great, so, but but you but you pretty consistent with the type of person you are. I mean, like you're not, but you've always kind of been like that. You've never been a guy that all of a sudden goes through like some fatter phase. And all the times I know you, the stuff you've been into is pretty much what you've been into. Um, I I do remember you being a lot more hardcore in Spider Man at one point. You were a big Spider Man mm-hmm. guy when I met you. I'm um, were you a comic book reader or did you just like Spider Man? I just was a fan of the character. I never really even got that into comics. I mean, I had some, not even Spider Man comics. Just and my brother had you know some some graphic novels that I would read. Mm. But it was it was like Elf Quest and Elf Quest. Like, there were a couple DC uh, Batman, you know, graphic novels, yeah. but like I never had a Spider-Man comic. I just liked the character. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. Kind of a poser that way. <laughs> Fair enough. Cool. <laughs> so here comes high school, Dan. Things are changing and you're growing and you now you're playing water polo and girls come into the picture. Yeah. Girls come into the picture. So can you, do you remember your first crush? And how young were you? I mean, because crushes could go back to like, you know, kindergarten or something like that. Sure. The f- it's kind of funny. I was just thinking about this not too long ago. Um, my first crush that was like a real crush was in the eighth grade. Okay. And it was Melissa Calderon. Mm, nice and name. she was super fun, like just a nice girl. I mean, mm. we're fucking 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and we used to sit next to each other in a couple of classes and we just chit chat like okay. a whole day. And I just, you know, had a super crush, crush on her. Crush like, But like all my friends like were like. But those junior high crushes oh, yeah. were hard. Yeah. It was very hard. So I finally, this was going on probably all semester. Now there's junior high dances starting and shit, you know. I can't. We can get to this in a minute, but I could imagine being that age today. Yeah. Oh, it'd be a nightmare. So I like finally got up the courage, you know, I was like, wrote a note. Oh, would you be my girlfriend I love it put it in her locker because that's what she did this is the era this is the time and she was like no oh no (laughs) I was super bummed Oh, uh, were you really sad? Yeah, I was, like, I was heartbroken, bummed. sad, like go no, home and cry. I mean, not heart, not not that much, but like that's so hurt. Like, oh man, that sucks. I really like you. Like, yeah. you know, like yeah, it's like rejection. Yeah, that was my. Uh, so your first crush dissed you. Yeah, um, we're still friends though. We you're... were then. Then I haven't seen her since high school. But oh, okay, gotcha. she went to the other high school. In Did town. you ever get to get a smooch from her as the years went on? Uh, never, never got to never. make out with her one night. Nope. She never came back. Never missing out. You know. No. Even at the peak army of freshmen, you never got an email saying like, no. I remember you. I don't know where she ended up. She pro- that's probably not her last name anymore. So. You should have been sending that chick news clippings from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> See what you missed out on. <laughs> I know she was a cheerleader at the at the other high school that I didn't was. go to. Of course she was. Okay, so there there she goes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Dan, what about your first uh, actual girlfriend? That like, I, this, I'm calling this girl my girlfriend. She's calling me my boyfriend. Even if it was a junk relationship and you just held hands in the eighth grade. Did you have one that was distinct? <laughs> I did. I did. Um, her name was Marie. And she was also on the swim team. This was freshman year. Mm-hmm. I was 14. 
And we, I, you know, didn't call her my girlfriend, but we were going out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I had to explain to my parents, well, what does that mean you're going out? And I was like, where are you going? No, we're just going out. God. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> going out didn't necessarily mean you went anywhere. Yeah. yeah. But it was a term. Yeah. Yeah. It was just that it was, yeah. you going steady. No, we don't go steady. This isn't the 50s. God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And that, that lasted like two weeks. Uh-huh. You know. What went wrong then? Young love. Just young love, man. Yeah. Mm, brutal. It didn't work out. Here's one for you. Interestingly enough, yeah. that girl and her husband and two children moved in across the way from the condo that we lived in on Shenandoah. Oh, no kidding. Huh? Remember across the, the grass, the walkway there? Yeah, yeah. She moved in there. And I chatted with her a couple of times. Oh, okay. Kind of a trip. That's not the girl that may have done the thing the one time you thought you may have yeah, seen? yep. Whoa. I think she did porn. Softcore porn. Wish I still had that photo. <laughs> How did you not save that as technologically advanced as you were? <laughs> you know, hard drive. Your dot. first high school girlfriend hard may, or may have done a soft pee, oh, and like you didn't see her keep... naked. But you know, okay, <laughs> we're gonna move on from that because that's uh, unfortunately that's the most exciting thing that we've talked about so far. Um, so okay, there you are, Dan. How about this one? Did you have a steady girlfriend in high school? Like as high school went on, did you have a girl that maybe you were with for a year or two or a couple months? I did. It wasn't like um, a high school sweetheart almost. You it know, wasn't until junior year. Okay. Um, cause I, and I, I pretty did, standard, pretty standard. You know, I guys kind of don't get any love the first two years. And then, I know. mean, I had a different girlfriend um, freshman year as well. It didn't last long. She broke my heart. Uh-huh. Saying, you know, not bad because it was quick. Yeah. There, you know, those were around. But the my first like girlfriend that I was like, OK, I'm really into this person uh, was junior year. And I know you, you know who this is. Um, OK. Her name was Jen. Ah, oh, yes, yeah. And that was I, like a, a girlfriend. Legit. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, was a, it was a little more one-sided than that. Because okay. she was, I mean, we were definitely boyfriend and girlfriend for a while. But she was, you know, doing the I'm a girl and I'm 15, 16, stringing you along thing. And I was oh, like, yeah. I'm in. I'm oh. like, let's do, you know. So it was, it was my whole junior year. In my head, we were together. But you'd say that was closest to a steady high school girlfriend. Yeah. Uh-huh. Gotcha. 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 Um, tell us about those early days of, uh, well, actually you mentioned heartbreak, Dan. Do you remember your first heartbreak? Really hurting. Not like, oh, she didn't say yes on the box. I mean, know? it was probably, it was probably that girl, that, uh-huh. that Jen girl. When it uh, didn't pan out how you wanted. It, yeah. When it didn't pan out because I was invested, right? It was a whole year and I, we would hang out with other friends and we went to dances and like, you know, at the, at the, I don't know, it was the end of the year or even a little bit later, it kind of petered out into senior year too. Uh, but it just didn't work out, you know, and okay. it happened a couple of times cause you know, you don't know any different. Of course. Always, always. Um, all right. So there you are in high school, you know, you kind of got the steady, kind of got your thing. You know, it doesn't sound like you had a hardcore legit, like four years. This was my girl. No. We're going to get married kind of thing. Um, now where does, Bands come into play. Clearly, you were a music fan. Clearly, you had played piano for a long time, but you joined a band or started a band. What? Give me, give me the background pre Army of Freshmen, your high school band, because there's only one, correct? Yeah, one one actual band. Um, oh, there were other that played a show or two. You could like, call them projects. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's how everybody starts. That with we can projects, cover as well. But. <clears throat> um, yeah. What was the name of the band? So it was unsurprisingly, it was me and Aaron and then our friend Jesse, who played bass. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, growing up in the Jew crew, we're all Jewish. And we're like, well, we should. And so we started jamming, you know, at, at Jesse's house. And uh, we're like, well, what do we mean? You got to have a name. I'm like, well, let's, you know, try to be funny. We're like, well, 
we should call ourselves circumcised. Mm -hmm. So if we ever play a show, we can say, hi, we're circumcised. It works for me. It works for me. We thought it was hilarious. I think it's great, too, actually. (laughs) Good name for a band. Yeah, so that was a couple of years, junior and senior year, we did that. Okay, last two years of school, you did that. How many many shows you guys play? Um, If you count the one we played at our youth group sleepover, Uh two. We do. (laughs) Which we do. Oh, okay, only two. Two. A long time in the jam room, there was a circumcised flyer that was up for years. Well, the other show was a legit show. Uh Uh, We opened for the Supertones, which, you know, is an old school OC ska Christian band and we played with them at a church of all places. Yeah, so a band called Circumcised played at a church with an OC Christian ska core band. fucking right. It's wild. <laughs> was, that, was that an exciting night? Yeah, it was super exciting. Is that one of those nights? You I know had, those nights in high school? Everything's so vivid. Everything's so intense. You know, a night that you remember for a long time. I remember a couple shows that my band in high school played that are still with me. I can just remember just thinking it was as exciting as this is. Oh, you guys played more shows it. than we did. but Yeah, but still, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you remember that. I now, remember the flyer, and I didn't even know who you were. I should mention I was playing drums at the time. Drums! I was playing drums. So I was not playing keyboards. Aaron was playing guitar. Jesse was playing bass. I was playing drums. Poorly, I might add. <laughs> um, yeah, we played this show, and it, you know, I think we only got one boo, which in my book is a win for yeah, our first show. For sure. At a punk show. Huh. Um, would it yeah. be the first boo? <laughs> no, it would not. <laughs> Wouldn't be the last. Gotcha. So um, there you are, Dan. Uh, you're in high school. So were you generally happy? Were you, you know, because you grew up in the, the grunge era. You grew up in the I'm bored, I'm pissed off, I'm negative, I'm sad. You know, it was kind of cool to kind of be depressed during that period. Did you fall into that at all? No. No. You were- no, I was generally, generally a happy kid. And, uh-huh. um, you know, I did listen to a lot of grunge. I don't want to say a lot of grunge music, but, but what was popular, music, yeah. listen to a lot of music, you know, GNR, Nirvana, all that stuff. Uh, but generally just people talk about how ho- horrible high school was for them. Uh, and I just didn't have that experience. I had a great time in high school. Is some of that the fact that you grew up in a great Southern California beach town, in all honesty? I'm sure that's part of it. Like you didn't get the shit that a lot of kids deal with. I didn't have the cold like winters. Iowa winters. And yeah, I mean, you know, nothing but, you know, football's everything. I mean, because uh. it's. A little bit that way here, but not like it is in the Midwest. Nothing like that. So, um, yeah, I I had a great experience in high school. It wasn't bad at all. Okay. So it didn't, uh, you know, I knew people that didn't have a good time Uh that were, you know, emo and obviously kids killed themselves in high school. Like that shit was out there. It just wasn't part of, you know, my existence. You were. Gotcha. Um, Dan, uh, with that said, uh, you're coming out of high school, you're a senior in high school. What was the life plan? What was the go to college, not go to college? What were you going to study? What, what, what was that like? The life plan was your, your typical, I'm not going to a four year Ventura graduate plan, which means you're going to go to the local community college called Ventura College, uh-huh. otherwise known as Telegraph Tech, and <laughs> figure it out from there, which is exactly what my brother did. And a lot of, a lot of people I knew did that. You, know, you said you weren't going to do that. No, no. I wasn't going to go to a four-year. I was going to go to VC for a couple of years. Oh, you were going to do yeah, the plan. Yeah. No, no. I was going to do that because that's how you get, you know, it's uh-huh. an easy easy and inexpensive So you weren't like straight A's across the, the board? No. You, and you weren't good enough at water polo that you were going to go play at a school on a scholarship? I thought, no, 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 God, okay. no. Um, I mean, nobody in Ventura was that good. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, I just didn't really apply myself enough at school. I was definitely smart enough. I could have gotten straight A's if I wanted to. I just didn't mm. give a shit. Um, I didn't do any AP classes except for Spanish. Mm. I just, you know, I just wasn't that interested. Did you go have fun a lot? I mean, were you just running around having a good time, you know? or Pretty much hanging out with friends and like, you know, um, 
was pretty involved in the in the local youth group through high school because they had a good group and it was all my friends that I grew up with were all you know in our teenage years late teenage years and just did you ever get in a lot of trouble I never heard that story of like the Dan getting you know how everybody's got that picked up by the cops at a party or some shit you I don't never heard you tell a no, story I mean, like I, that I got I got one but it's nothing serious yeah well they never are but yeah I mean it's not like we got picked up by the cops at a party but you know we were kind of uh my friend and I at the time were sort of fighting back against what we perceived to be a dickhead bully. Uh-huh. And, yeah. uh, you know, he eventually called the cops on us because we were vandalizing his house. <laughs> so, you know. You know what's so sad? Um, bullies were a lot more prevalent back then. Now you'd be a hero. You know what I mean? It would be like, you know, free Dan Clark, you know, but you just got in trouble for doing a little vandalism. Yeah. I mean, you know. But the kid was a jerk. He was a dick. Uh-huh. And I'm sure it was just the time period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure he's probably fine now. He's probably a nice dude. I don't know. I haven't seen him since uh, high school. Mm-hmm. Fair but, enough. And that was really the extent of it. Yeah. Do you have any bullies? Anybody hated growing up? Was there any cocksuckers out there that were just like kind of like an arch enemy early on? Not, not, um, yes, but not really against me in particular. It wasn't like, that's my bully. You didn't it was have like, that. this guy's an asshole to everybody. Yeah. And occasionally, like the eye of Sauron would fall on me, you know? <laughs> and like, I just happened to be there and he'd like yeah. push me over or whatever. But it wasn't like yeah. he constantly, yeah, that know, was a couple me, of those the, dudes. The eye of Corey Shields. Yeah. You know, occasionally he would catch wind and you'd, you'd catch a beating, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, it did wasn't like, did you ever get in a, a, a fist fight or street fight as a no, kid? No, never did. That's cool. I mean, there were, there you were, were a couple of times that I was close. Um, and again, not with a regular bully, but like people were giving me shit, you know, some, some kids in uh, middle school found out I was Jewish and like, I was, you know, I used to live close enough to school. I could walk home. It yeah. was, you know, a 10 minute walk and they like, were you know, talking behind me as I was walking. I didn't even hear what they were saying and like threw a dime at me and something. Hey, pick that up, Jew. Oh, wow. But like me being super that oblivious. That fly these days, man. But like, yeah. I wasn't. Those sh- kids with like being like full, like, you know, after school counseling for three years, you know. And because I didn't have to know because of where I grew up and like the, the safety of the environment I grew up in, that wasn't something that I had to be aware of. So I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> kind of just didn't get it. And I was like, did they just make a Jew? God, you guys are stupid. Like, yeah, yeah. And that was it. That was oh, it. Okay. Never got punched in the face, never threw a punch, uh-huh. like n- none of that stuff. I mean, my brother got in a fight once, but that was, you know, him and not me. Uh-huh. Well, so, fascinating. I should have punched our original guitar player, but I didn't. I regret that. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Definitely, he needed one or two, didn't he? Um, he did. So, Dan, uh, obviously, anybody listening to this knows... Yes, hello, Jacqueline. Yeah, knows what's happening next. Knows what happens next. And the last thing we're going to do is sit here and rehash the history of Army Freshmen because you could easily go pay for the 20 for 20 video series courtesy of Mike <laughs> Milligan right now. Um, this The whole uh, talking about your life was a segue for the 20 for 20 Army Freshmen series. But let's let's talk about how that first happened for, for, for that. So there you are. You're doing the local college plan. Yeah. You're working at Petco. Correct. Uh, but prior to that, you worked at Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, we didn't there. even talk about your jobs. What, nope. what, what were your first high school jobs? Well, aside from, you know, doing uh, work with my dad at his job sites, he was a general contractor building shit all the time. Um, I worked at a gym when I was 14, cleaning on the weekends okay. for like a year. Uh, it was all under the table, of course. Um, you know, babysat, just the normal high school shit. But then uh, Aaron got a job at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh-huh. And he was like, dude, this is amazing. I'm a party coordinator. I work from nine to three. People come in. I throw their birthday parties and I go home. And I was like, that sounds fucking great. He's like, yeah. come apply. So I applied. I wasn't a party coordinator. Got a different job. But uh, it was a great first job. I was 16 when I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there for two and a half years. 
worked my way up the ranks a little bit. <laughs> the ranks. The shift soup. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but it was good. It was a good job. It was a good first job. It, it was food service without being food service. I got to learn how to run a cash register. I got to learn how to fix the games. I got to learn how to handle irate customers and people that would get drunk at Chuck E. Cheese. Parents that were dis- more disgusting than their kids because they would leave their dirty diapers in the booths after they oh, would leave. Man. Like, it was kind of a good, well-rounded thing. Mm-hmm. That was my first job. That was first job. Cool. So there you are. You you were going to the local community college. Yep. Right. Um. You are working not at Chuck E. Cheese now. You have moved on to Petco. Moved to Petco, which is across a, the road. right across the street. Yep. Right. <laughs> um. And uh, where does the whole Army of Freshmen story start? Obviously, it's a long story, and not for now. We're talking about you. For but me. For you. Um. So I was still jamming with Aaron. And he but was circumcised. For the record, uh, circumcised. Your high school band is now done. Oh, I think we would still jam a bit because Jesse, our bass player, hadn't yet gone away to college either. Okay. Um, So you're still playing, but you're not playing shows. No, we would jam. And I jammed with uh, a couple other people. And and you and Aaron got heavily into ska. Yeah. I think we should make that very clear, right? So we were going to see... I'm trying to remember. I think I just heard on the radio. I heard Sell Out by Roby Fish on the radio because they were coming to the Ventura Theater. So it was on local radio like crazy. I was like, this song is fucking great. What is this? Um, so we went to go see them and then we went to go see them in, in Anaheim or in Irvine, which is a story that we've told before on this show and opening for, excuse me, real big fish were blink, blink 182, cherry pop and daddies who I knew and the Aquabats who I didn't know. Uh-huh. So Aaron and I went to the local record store, Salzer's records and we bought the, he bought the Aquabats record. And we're like, holy shit, this is incredible. Yeah. And like just between that and real big fish started this 4AN to ska kind of like, uh-huh. like second gen ska. And that was uh, definitive for you in many ways. Transformative. I mean, you don't go to that show in Irvine and you don't get into the bands that you just mentioned. There's no way you end up in Army of Freshmen. It probably just doesn't happen because you start playing the trombone. Right? Yeah, so Aaron and I really wanted to play in a ska band, uh-huh. but we didn't know any horn players. So we said, fuck it, let's go buy some horns. Aaron went and bought a trumpet. I found a trombone at a pawn shop that I bought for $75. I was still going to the local Ventura College, so I enrolled in music classes there mm-hmm. and took private lessons there. Aaron took private lessons from a private uh, instructor, and we just said, fuck it, let's just play horns. Playing horns? Okay. The and first, then, and the then first thing to come out of that was Aaron saw, you know, he was looking at the at the pinup boards at the local music shops, and there was a band looking for horn section. What a different time, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> so he's like, these guys want want horns in their band. We should go. And so we're like, all right, cool. So we went to their jam space. And they taught us, they just wanted to play one song mm. with us. And we're like, cool. They taught us the part they wanted us to play. We learned it. We played, this was our first show together since Circumcised. We played the one song with this band, whose name I don't remember, at Golden China in Ventura, which is a popular karaoke joint now. And then that was that. <laughs> okay. That was the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> um, and so to, to carry this on, um, Aaron was like, hey, and, and I had known Owen already. You know, I met Owen through Aaron and through other friends as well. Because Aaron and Owen were friends, but they Aaron went to Owen, different high schools. No, they didn't. They went to different elementary, uh, sorry, middle schools. They went to different middle schools. Oh, oh, yes, you're right. You and Aaron didn't go to the same high school. I didn't go to high school with anybody I knew. Gotcha. So everybody I met in high school was outside of like my Jewish friends. Uh-huh. They were all at the other They all lived school. on the other end of town. Gotcha. So they went to the other high school. Uh, but I made friends. That we had mutual friends. So my friend Jake went to middle school with Owen. So I knew Owen through Jake, who played water polo also. Owen played water polo as well. Aaron knew Owen because they went to Blaney together. Dylan knew Owen because 
no, Dylan knew Aaron because Dylan went to Balboa. Like, they, there's all these weird connections in the spider web of friend connections. Spider web of friends. So Aaron one night was like, hey, my buddy Ellen's playing in this band at this coffee shop. Do you want to go? I was like, yeah, we should go. Which is in the exact same complex as Petco. Petco. Yes. Where you're working. Correct. Gotcha. Was I still in? No, I guess I was a Petco. I was going to say I might have still been in Chuck E. Cheese. In, but no, I don't think Petco. I was. You were Petco. I was a Petco. Yeah, yeah. So we went down and we watched Owen play. Mm. And this weird dude had some weird fucking hair mm. and some weird glasses and played, was playing at a coffee shop and he drove his car up and honked the horn on the mic. And that's when I met Chris J. Mm. Because Chris J was playing as Chris J in the Army of Freshmen featuring... Owen Busey. Yeah. The, the very, very, in the very early shows, we're talking like, literally, you were probably at, uh, I could probably find out, but probably show two, three, four of yeah. Army of Freshmen. I think it was about two months after you guys had started. Yeah. Something that sounds about right. Um, And uh, that's how I met you. I don't yeah. know if I met you that night, like somebody introduced you. I don't remember the exact moment I met you, but it was definitely a Teltron, whether we were sitting outside. No, it was, it was and, definitely a Teltron. I remember the first conversation we which had. Which was the local little cafe that we played. Yeah. At. Yeah. It was a local coffee shop that you worked at. Yeah. Internet cafe as well. Yeah. You and Aaron showed up because Owen said, I'm, I got a couple friends coming. And that's who his friends were. It was me and Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and at some point, we ended up at an after party at Jay Sherlock's house. Yes. Jay Sherlock's mom's house. I should qualify that. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, you know, we were, I think we were drinking a couple of beers and we ended up all hanging out in the hallway, mm. just chit chatting. And you and you were like, you're quiet, huh? I was like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to talk to these girls over here. <laughs> we started talking. Yeah. I believe we were drinking Hornsby cider. Oh, you're so right. It yep. was Hornsby. Yeah. And uh, what I remember, my earliest memories of you, Dan, are you always wore an army jacket. I did. You went through a stage where you always had a green army jacket. That was it my was dad's like, army jacket when that, he was in the reserves. That's pretty cool. But that was like your uniform. It's late and, 90s, and so you, it made sense. Yeah, and you rocked Uggs. I mean, you were an <laughs> Ugg fucking, you were hardcore Uggs. They were so comfortable. Any condition, dude. Dan would show up in shorts, Uggs, you know, jeans, Uggs. I was ahead of my time, Jamie. Yeah, totally. And you had, um, you had like a real young man's goatee. Yeah, I had you know? a 19-year-old goatee that doesn't fill in all the way. Yeah, exactly. But you're stoked on it. You know what I mean? And kind of shaggy hair. Yeah, my hair was a little bit longer than I yeah, wear it now. A little bit longer shaggy. I still had the yeah. butt cut. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what I also remember about you is you and Aaron, to me, were this interchangeable unit. Because every time I saw you, you we were, were together. with Aaron. And every time I saw Aaron, I mean, and the name when... We hung out a lot. Essentially, Aaron really petitioned Owen or me or whoever saying... I think, we, I think we, he pitched you pretty yeah, hard. Yeah, like, we play horns, we play horns. We got you. Got, we got a jam with you. We got a jam with you. We got a jam with you. And I, I remember this very, very clearly. We said, okay, cool. We're like, and, ah, come by. We'll see how it goes. And we've told this story a thousand <laughs> times, but we are in the garage where we were practicing yep. at the time. Um, I shall qualify it by saying it wasn't Jay Sherlock's garage. It was his mom's garage, Correct. I believe. Correct. And uh, we uh, were jamming, and I, I can vividly see it to this day. Me too. We were mid-song, and you guys kind of just barged in. I just remember looking at you guys like you were kind of floating. You were just laughing and smiling and just, I know we were Aaron, so pumped. Aaron was so pumped. He wanted to impress us so bad. He wanted to be in the band. Like yeah. Aaron was just, I want to be in a band. You know, he had the calling and you guys came in and I don't even remember starting a tune. I remember just kind of, 
we're jamming and you guys and I'm sure we talked before we started jamming but I sure. remember it more like you guys just came in playing horns and I'll never forget it because you guys were dancing like dancing with each other like almost had like moves and you were bumping into each other and then I just swear to god garage. this is true you fucking lean up and you hit something above your head with the trombone in the rafters, in the rafters and something falls on you guys that's true and you're still fucking that's jamming absolutely true I am screaming with laughter I can't even play you guys are making me <laughs> laugh so hard and this is actually very Comic true. Relief. Um, with the band was like you said, we had only played a couple shows or whatever, and there was a, another guy in the band at the time who was playing guitar and singing um, with me, and he was a very very talented guy. But you know, we were just all kind of meeting each other. It was a brand new band. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like we were long friends. I was assembling these collections of people, and that literally was the moment that I. That was the moment that I knew he wasn't going to work in the band because he was horrified. I mean, he he was was. like, he just basically thought you guys were idiots and just acting stupid and couldn't play. And he was like, like, very serious. Yeah, very serious. Very serious about his art for how young he was. He was incredibly serious, but he had that young man's like overly serious, you know, and I just supposer. I just had to be part of whatever magic was happening. I knew you guys couldn't play, and I knew it sounded like shit. Pretty sure but, we told you we couldn't but play, and dude, then we showed it. you guys just fucking, I was pissing my pants laughing, because literally it was just like, it was like you were attached at the hip, and you're smacking each other, and stuff's knocking over, and stuff's falling. You're fucking jamming, you're sweating. You guys probably don't even know how to play well yet, so you're Correct. turning bright red, <laughs> but you're just giving it fucking hell. And at the time, it was energy to me. It was yeah. just like, I want energy. That's what we had to offer and, at that point. And that's all she wrote. I think we extended the offer right Right there, and um, I distinctly remember the first show you ever played with Army of Freshmen was February two thousand. Oh no, God! It February nineteen ninety eight. Correct at the Victoria Pub. That's correct. And it was our early. When it was wild freshmen. I always tell people if you would have saw the band in the first year and a half to two years, you would have no idea what the fuck you were looking at. I mean, we were. It was just experimental. I was talking almost. it up to my friends at Petco. I had a coworker show up. Yeah, and we were packing we were the coffee house. I mean, it was great. It was great, you know. And and that was all she wrote. I mean, that ended up being your life for years and years and yeah. years and years. And everybody obviously knows it's the been, army freshman twenty story. years. I also remember a distinct night where um, uh, we had like this intense heart to heart with you because you were thinking about, I believe, going. Somewhere for college. Going to college. Yeah. So I had gotten my brother and a bunch of my friends, coincidentally, went to UC Santa Cruz for their, you know, for their college. They had done Ventura College like I did, transferred to a UC, which is very, very common. Mm. Saves you money, gets your prerequisites out of the way. And I had um, applied the year before to see to Santa Cruz, got accepted, and I deferred. I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to go yet um, because I had started playing in the band and I did a year of music lessons and music just straight up music classes mm. theory ear training all that stuff yeah, at yeah. bc and but i was like well i you know, fucking apply to college my parents are like you need to go to college like yeah so i did i applied again and got accepted again and there was one night in particular at <clears throat> now margo burns house mm. um where we all had a, a get together and you great and i great party it's great party super yeah. fun had a heart to heart and we were in a it's <laughs> gonna sound way worse than it is <laughs> we were in a bathroom with the lights out yeah all the clothes were on though yeah uh and we had a heart to heart yep on mushrooms begging you begging you (laughs) you're like dan don't go to santa cruz yeah yeah and uh 
ultimately, if you went, you probably wouldn't have been in the band. Oh, that's and, true. And you would, again, have a very, 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 very different life. Yes. I so, have no idea where I would have been if I had gone to Santa Cruz at this point. Yeah. And I, you know, in hindsight, do you feel like you made the right decision? <laughs> I do. Well, things have worked out for me in, of late. Yes. Good. Uh, but that, I mean, as we've talked about before, Army Freshman was our college, right? Like we didn't, yeah. all those experiences that everybody freaks out about when they go to college and all oh, the best years of my life, like we're kind of still doing it a little bit, maybe every, you know, every few years, but yeah. like that's what we did instead of going to school. Yeah. And, 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 uh, obviously all the traveling, you, you know, to me, that's the thing when I look back and talk to people about it, the thing that I'm most thankful for is the traveling to, to see the things that we got to see oh, is, yeah. is phenomenal, you yeah. know, so the you things can, that we got to do all the things we can complain about that we didn't get. They're vastly outweighed by the things that we were capable of, of doing. And, and the length, a lot of guys have like a little run. Our band was a lifetime in yep. terms of being active. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we put everything into it, you know, obviously, you know, so um, destiny, perhaps that night that you went to the uh, Teltron Internet Cafe changed your life, right? <laughs> it did. Changed, it, changed, no, it really did. Changed your life. And it's strange how in life, that's the small things like that. So. Um, let's talk about where you are right now, Dan, because again, we're going to skip over, oh, I don't know, 20 years <laughs> of Army of Freshmen. Which you can watch at aof2420.bandcamp.com. Exactly. You can, we can get all the wonderful stories through that period. I'm not going to sit here and ask you your favorite Army of Freshmen memories. Um, we can do that sometime, but that's not what this is. Um, so the band slows down. Mm-hmm. As we all know, the music industry gets hit really hard. We go from touring all the time, looking like this is potentially could be our living to holy shit. This is not going Somebody to be put our the brakes on. Yeah. Yeah. There's it was, no money. Arr, everything. It was obviously brutal. We've talked about it extensively, how difficult that time was. And you sort of, I don't want to say saw the writing on the wall, but you were probably a little more proactive than everybody else about kind of getting like a real job or, or really focusing on moving into computers and the tech side of things that yeah. you always had a passion for. So what did you do when things kind of like, uh Oh, I'm not going to be on the road a lot. So you were doing like the record store jobs and you know, the, the stay busy. I'm in a band. Job. It actually started. It started when I decided not to go to college because mm. my, my parents and my grandmother had, you know, um, they were by no means wealthy, but they did okay in the 80s and 90s until the economy took a shit. So my parents had a college fund for me. It wasn't a lot, but it was there. And they were really pressuring me to go to college. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to be in the band, great. Get your degree first. Yeah. Then go to college. Yeah. You know, then do the band stuff. And I, obviously that didn't want that. It wasn't what I wanted to do. So they were like, well, the local um, Ventura uh Unified School District has an adult education program mm. where they retrain a lot of people that have been injured on the job and can't work in factories or warehouses anymore. And there's lots of programs that at this place they do, you know, visual design and, and nursing and all kinds of stuff. And they had a computer repair technician program there that we knew somebody had gone through. Actually, as a school board member that my mom was friends with, she was like, well, this program worked great for this person. You should check it out. So I went and I checked it out. I was 20. Mm. Um, and it was, a, it was a six-month self-paced computer repair technician program. So I was like, this sounds great. I can, you know, it's kind of a nine to five thing. I can still work at night at Petco. Uh, I can learn a trade and still do the band stuff. So that's what I did. I went through this program, um, got a couple 